What's poppin' people? It's your boy Cass here once again for the Say Less Podcast. I want to thank you all for subscribing each and every Monday through Friday to this new venture I've been going on. It's our second month going in, so if you've been rocking with me from the very beginning, I just want to thank you. But if not, tell a friend to tell a friend. YouTube.com slash Kazim if you want to watch the podcast in its entirety. But if not, you can always listen to it on the go, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, SoundCloud, literally anywhere that you can listen to podcasts, anywhere you can download podcasts. It is right there for you. Type in Say Less Kaz on Google, and you will find literally every single place that this podcast is available. Today's episode is really fun, man. I got my good friend Alexis Robinson. She is a publicist and manager to athletes all over the country. And with everything going on right now uh, with you know the NFL draft and NBA players and just knowing what to do with your time off, I feel like it was a great talk to have with uh, Alexis. She's from Las Vegas. She's uh, worked with legends like Sonny Vaccaro. Uh, she's done incredible basketball tournaments especially in Vegas, which is a hotbed in the summertime. So when the NBA and NCAA is, is off the air and, and not going cracking, she's right in the thick of it over there in Vegas. Uh, she also manages a bunch of athletes, NFL players, NBA players. She's really, really awesome and one of the dopest, dopest women in sports, really been killing it. And she talks a lot about her journey, her parents' journey, coming up with the legendary John Lucas, Sonny Vaccaro, uh, and a bunch of other things. So get into it. If you ever want to get in the business of uh, managing athletes or being a publicist or being in the public eye or just knowing how to work this entire industry, is a very informative conversation. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. And Emilio, please, without further ado, hit the motherfucking music. Alexis, how are you doing? Hello. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm good. You know, uh, today is actually today's actually my birthday. Uh, oh, no. So yeah, I was going to get into that because I saw on Twitter, <laughs> happy birthday. I mean, how, how, I know it could be under better circumstances, but yeah. how's it going? <laughs> Not doing anything, so you know, just uh, enjoying the draft and trying to, you know, get some work done and everything like that. So, uh, thank you. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I, I, I followed you for a long time, and I and I I, I, I kind of like I try to like cultivate these relationships where people I just kind of like admire from afar for a while. Then I'm just like, all right, you know what? Let's 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 figure out a way to kind of make it naturally happen. And I feel like today is a great time to have you on because I feel like you can give like some real insight into so many, I don't want to say PR nightmares that happen, but like there was a lot of moments where I'm just like, oh man, that publicist is going to be putting in overtime for yeah. a couple of hours. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, drafts are always the the most anxiety driven when it comes to working with new clients um, because it's usually the start of a relationship. And so adding the home and virtual aspect to it, I, you know, I didn't have anyone in the draft this year, but uh, I couldn't imagine for some of those publicists and managers out there. Cause I, you know, the internet is, is the internet. So <laughs> there's definitely worse some moments. Gotcha. All right, so let's 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 pull back a little bit and let's let's kind of like get your story first off. All right, like obviously you're a big advocate for women in sports and you're a big advocate for uh, you know not just athletes and brands and, and managing those athletes, but you yourself have become sort of a brand onto itself because 
you know, not just being a publicist and an athlete manager, being a woman as well, there's almost like a lot of other hurdles that you kind of kind of jump through to uh, to kind of get your foot into the door and kind of be, you know, a lot respected in your realm of work. So uh, just a quick, easy, all encompassing question. How'd you get started? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so I'm born and raised in Las Vegas. I come from a huge athlete family. Dad was a professional basketball player, had an NBA stint, um, cousins, uncles, brothers, every every male in my family hooped collegiately, professionally at some level. So um, came from a huge hoop family. Uh, John Lucas, who is a huge family friend of ours, we call him Uncle John. Uh, as a lot of people know, not only was he former number one pick in the NBA draft, but he also was a professional tennis player. Mm-hmm. Um, so he kind of sparked my interest early on in life about tennis, him and like my grandmother. So I went on to play college tennis. Um, and that sort of like, that sort of drove me to my career where I figured like, okay, there's really not a lot besides sports that I want to do. Um, when I was in uh, Norman, Oklahoma, I ended up meeting obviously a lot of football players, basketball players who were at OU. Um, and so when I was done with school, I basically was like, you know what? I think I just want to like transition into helping these athletes out. I know, how to do it. Um, I come from a family where we've always had, you know, these sort of people, whether it be manager or publicist and stuff in my family. Um, so I kind of just went forward in faith, took a couple internships and then decided to go out on my own. Um, and it's been cool. Uh, a lot of Vegas basketball tournaments. I'm like the PR and marketing director of, and I'm sure you saw LeBron in the the layup line with his son last year at our tournament and things like that. So it's been really cool um, to get, you know, just those cool players, whether it be former or future, you know, Jalen green, all these players they've played in our events and stuff like that. So um, that's kind of how it sort of formed. And I just keep chugging along and I know I got lucky when it came to, you know, being sort of born into this. So Mm. that's when I started really advocating for women in sports and decided I need to help position women in any sort of way I can, whether it's someone who's hiring and I find someone to get the job or if they need, you know, if they need to work or intern with me or references, mentorship, anything like that. I just realized, you know, I really lucked out when it came to getting in this industry. It's really hard to get into this industry when you're a female and have it just be about the work. So that's sort of like my goal now that I feel like, you know, I've toned, I don't, I don't chase every athlete and uh, event to be a part of anymore. I kind of have my steady workflow. So now I'm focusing on helping other girls. So Alexis, I mean, you mentioned you're being from Las Vegas and even though they don't have, I mean, outside of the WNBA and Las Vegas days are still pretty new um, in the summertime, they become like, almost the the hoops hotbed, you know what I'm saying? Whether it's the NBA Summer League or AAU basketball or youth basketball. And you just mentioned Jalen Green, who made a lot of news this past week uh, going straight into the uh, G League and foregoing college. Um, Tell me just a little bit about, you know, how Vegas kind of turned into this sort of hoops hotbed, you know, when all the big pro sports leagues kind of like like shut down for a while. Yeah, no, it's been it's been awesome being someone coming from a hoops family and growing up here because I think 
you, you like, I grew up in the suburbs. I grew up where there's a lot of, uh, a lot of the kids, my age, they had parents who were prominent in you know, entertainment or business or, you know, UFC, which originated here and stuff like that. Um, so no one really kind of cared about like the hoops thing that I sort of grew up in. And then, um, my, one of my business partners that I work with or work for Gary Charles, him and Sonny Vaccaro started the big time, um, which, you know, Kobe, Derek Rose, like all these players were playing in that grassroots tournament and we've carried it on to, you know, Jalen Green played in it last year. And I think that's where he kind of exploded is, you know, he, I mean, to his highlight reels from playing with Josh, um, and yeah, I think there was a game when they played against uh, Vegas Elite. I think it was Vegas Elite with uh, Jonathan Kaminga and, yeah. and Green and Christopher. And people were calling that like the game of the year. Like yeah, every, exactly. every, the highlight, the highlight tape must have been like seven minutes long and just windmill dunks from everybody. It was great. Yeah. I mean, Vegas Elite, which is cool, you know, that um, the, one of the coaches of that program is a, is a local coach here at Bishop Gorman High School where, you know, DeMarco Murray went, Ronnie Stanley, Shabazz Muhammad, Zach Collins. Like, so I think we've always kind of had this this hoops world. But then once they brought, like, Summer League here and our tournament started blowing up, it's really become, like, the spot, the place to be. And, you know, we're really excited about the races and we're – Hopefully, fingers crossed, you know, we get this stadium done and we have football, you know, <laughs> growing up, uh, we the only team anyone ever cared about here was like the running rebels and they haven't had a good season in a very long time. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so hopefully have an NFL team here pretty soon is, is crazy. Um, but it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's great. Like, I love it. Weather's good. I love being from here and I'm so happy that like people are looking to hear for sports. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned it before, uh, especially in the summertime. You had LeBron James and and Bronny James and all those guys over there in the summer hooping and, uh, you know, getting in the lamp lines with the kids and just, you know, making that whole thing just be a, a, a complete hotbed. And it feels like it's been like that for a while with youth hoops. But now, I mean, especially with this whole G League thing happening and a lot of people kind of foregoing college and going to the pros and going to uh, Australia, all these other things, it feels like all eyes have been more on high school hoops than even college hoops now. Like I can name you like the five or ten best high school players right now, but the best five or ten best college players, and like maybe they could walk into an Applebee's and probably nobody knows who they are. No, but- I, it's so true. I was just telling, um, you know, some one of my NBA players who, you know, he's not big into the social media, and he's just kind of he kind of just does the the minimum when it comes to social and and press and everything like that. And I try and tell him, I'm like, you got to look at these like teenagers who have brands who do everything right. Um, and so that they're set up regardless of if they end up being good at basketball, like, you know, you can make money off of the internet so they could go and do something else in life, or, you know, they can go and put their name on a t-shirt and sell it for 10 bucks a pop. If they have 300,000 followers, they, you know, they'll make some money. So it's, um, it's, it's, it's crazy how it's, it's blown up, but I mean, we love it. Like, I think last year's draft of the 60 picks, I think like 46 of them had played in our tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we love what we've been able to do. Um, they all, you know, 
the crews always come back. Sometimes they formed Russell Westbrook has AAU teams that always play in our tournaments and Emmanuel Moutier, he has his team that comes out and, and things like that. And Emmanuel Moutier, up until that Vegas elite game, you know, people were calling his game where he had against Steven Zimmerman, who is another pro um, who's actually from Vegas. That, that was like the best game of our tournament for a really long time. And then now that Vegas elite versus Moutier elite game is considered one of the best ones. So it's kind of cool that it went from him being a player to it being his AAU team. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's awesome to see Jalen and Josh and, and all these kids be able to do stuff with their name and their brands because um, all the kids, you know, they – they they have like cult followings like yeah yeah i mean like i did a i did a i did a i did a sit down with slam and league fits over all star weekend and they were talking about you know the next uh iconic basketball players like the guys who like are style icons and like you know some people were saying like james harden and westbrook and like all these guys and then they were like yo josh christopher is a guy yeah. who, who like has like a legitimate cult following just online yeah. the style and everything he does like to the point where people like you know LeBron is kind of like, like copying his style you know what I'm saying yeah. like if you're in Cali like Josh Christopher is like the trendsetter as far as like athleisure athlete leisure and like all that type of stuff what do you think about that no I mean Josh has it down like he is just a style guy I actually have um one of my clients that I work with, she's a style reporter. She does it for NBA Summer League and a bunch of stuff. And she's done interviews with Jalen and Josh on their fits and how they get dressed and everything like that. And But she's also done, I mean, she's done interviews with big time NBA athletes, NFL athletes. She's styled for like, you know, Emmy and uh, Oscar winning people. But for some reason, like when it comes to like her YouTube channel and her views, like her numbers, Jalen and Josh's interviews are by far the biggest. And I, and she was like, this is crazy. And I was like, it's just how it is. Like these kids love those two. Like, they- yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it even, uh, and, and you mentioned, I looked on your website, you worked in the big baller brand tournament. It even starts back with like the ball family, like yeah. and, Lamello and like, and, and Leangelo and, and all that type of stuff. Now, you know, even a guy like Julian Newman, who has a huge following may, you know, depend, he's, he's, he's not, you know, he's yeah. short, so he's not really like he'll, nobody's he'll, really looking at him being an NBA guy. He'll get a college scholarship and and right, play. yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like he'll he'll have he'll get a college scholarship just off name recognition yeah. alone, but like nobody's looking at him to go like light up the NBA. Yeah. But he's you know he's got a reality show with his family. He's got this thing with overtime. Like he's got these deals where you know with his own AAU team and like he's doing pretty well for himself. And he might not ever step on an NBA court. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, some of my, uh, you know, the college kids who are finishing their careers or and getting ready to go pro, not sure, you know, they're at the cusp of if they're going to be in the NBA or, you know, overseas and everything. I immediately tell them like the second they decide like this, you know, college career is over, we're going this way. I was like, okay, well, let's start taking advantage of your social media and your name and start working with some brands. Is there anything you want to do? You know, I, any of my clients, I'm like, what do you like? Like, do you like makeup? Do you like 
t-shirts, do you, anything, let's take it, let's make some and let's sell some because you can do that now. The internet has made it so much easier. So a, a guy like Julian Newman, his entire family, like they'll be set for life, whether you're right. Like if he, you know, if his, his basketball career doesn't go past college, he'll be, he'll be fine. Right, right. Now, you mentioned it before, um, you know, every athlete wants to be a brand now. And like, you know, I think I think it was Steve Nash or somebody who was like, you know, a lot of these players, they worry more about like, you know, the walk, the runaway walk into the arena of yeah. what they're going to wear. And if they're going to be on League Fits or they're going to be on like any of these style websites more so than they're worried about the game. And a lot of your job is managing that because a lot yeah. of these players, obviously, they're, they're athletically gifted and, you know, they, they work hard and all this other stuff. They want to be known more off the court. And that's where your job kicks in. So say you got a, a, a high, you know, a, a high, a hot talent, right, going into NBA draft, NFL draft, and they're like, Alexis, I need you to make me into a brand. What's the first thing you tell them? Um, the first thing I tell them is – Let's clear. <laughs> Let's clear. <laughs> Delete the tweets. Delete the tweets. <laughs> Spend the eight dollars. <laughs> yes. Delete your tweets. Um, whoever your enemies are, let me know so we can, you know, let's get that part out of the way because that is always the part, the worst part of it. And then um, I sort of just take interest in what they like, and then we go from there. You know, my client DeAnthony Mellon, who's with the Grizzlies, he's not super in like he's the one I was referencing he's not into social media like that he's very you know introverted he just hoops and is with his family that's you know that's how he is but like this year you know I was like you know you're going to have a good season you're a great teammate you're a good guy like he's genuinely a nice person everyone who comes in in contact with him enjoys him I'm like let's just spruce it up a little bit so you know when you go when you go to work put on a cool outfit pull on, if you if you like something tell me now we don't even have to like have conversations about it if he sees something online that he likes he immediately just like sends it to me if it's on instagram he dms it if it's on the tv he'll take a picture and send it to me and then you know within minutes or a day or two, we have a group chat with his assistant. Like I'll have a, um, a tracking number for him. Like it's on the way, like, don't worry about it. So it's like, I want you to focus on the hoops, but I also want, let's make this fun. Let's make this cool, you know, for yourself, because, you know, whenever the hoops is over, you'll have something, something else. So that's sort of the big thing is like convincing, convincing these athletes, like, I don't like, cause that's the number one concern is I don't think I need a publicist or someone to help me with my brand because I need to focus on hoop or football or whatever it is. Right. And I try and tell them, I'm going to let you do that. Like your focus 1000% needs to be on your sport, perfect your craft. I'm going to take care of everything else. Just give me the reins a little bit and like, we'll make it work. We'll make magic happen. So it's been really cool. And you know, this, this season he's been featured on league fits a ton of times um, because of his outfits. Uh, you know, he, he works with Perry Ellis who people didn't even know had an athleisure line before. Um, so he's become like Mr. Perry Ellis in the league, like John, all them, like they see his fits and they want them and stuff like that. So his stylist, um, Mary Francis, she does like a great job of finding, you know, unique stuff for him. And so it's, it's cool. Cause he, 
at the beginning of the season wasn't interested at all. And now like him and Mary will have conversations about like, Ooh, let's do this. Let's pair this stuff. And he looks forward to it. So I feel like I do a good job of getting them to enjoy it. They just have to see the vision first. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, uh, so let's, uh, let's talk about last night, the NFL draft, uh, you know, was the first of its kind that was completely, you know, digital and, and online. And I knew, you know, just from the fact that, like, we're so sports-starved right now with everything yeah. going on, I felt like everything was going to get blown up way more than it was. And I kind of feel like, you know, and, and this is me talking to you as, as Alexis the publicist now, it felt like every single draftee, had some sort of like either sob story or like some sort of human interest story or somebody passed away or this is what I'm playing for and all this type of stuff. And and that was, I, I don't know if that was on Bleacher Report or NFL TV, but that was definitely the case on ESPN. Yeah. No. Um, what was that about? I mean, like, is that something that like a network would, would approach you with? Like, Hey, we know you got this guy in the draft. Uh, we'd love to talk about like the time his mom died or something like that. Like what, how does that, how does that work? Yeah. See, for me, like that, what occasionally like the process of it is a lot of either the teams or ESPN, like they'll go to an athlete's team and just want to hear a backstory and an agent or a publicist. And usually a lot of, a lot of guys in a draft don't have publicists right away. That's something that they, they gather within their career. Um, and if they do have it right away, it's because they've needed it, which means that there's been some craziness already that's already happened um, or it's within like their agency. So they're not necessarily their publicist. They're just like the agency publicist. So they ask the background of the story and then ESPN will kind of run with it and make it like the thing. And, um, you know, I can tell you from a lot of my clients who have sort of that, those circumstances is like they hardly ever want to talk about it. So it was just, I think, honestly, a time filler for ESPN, like feeling, you know, every now and then, like we totally understand it's, we want it to be, you know, a highlight if they get from here to here, it's a great story and stuff like that. But yeah, it was, I don't, it's not necessary and it's not normal to every single draft pick. It's not like every draft pick where I'm just like, <laughs> it got to the point where I was like, am I, am I supposed to like boo somebody if they grew up with two parents and yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is this at this point? Yeah. Cause then you, cause then, you know, it's like, okay, well there is going to be some draft picks who did grow up with two parents. They didn't grow up poor. They didn't have tragedy in their lives. They went to college. There was no drama. And everyone's going to be like, wow, that's okay. weird. It's like, no, it's actually not weird. It's, it's weird. <laughs> We're only highlighting the bad stuff for everyone else. Like it's, 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 there are, it's, there are some who just, you know, play football or play basketball. So that, yeah, I, I, I watched ESPN as well. And so I was like, I wonder if they're doing this. It was so uncomfortable. It was like, after a while, it's like, all right, well, uh, you know, I know this is the the biggest achievement in your life and welcome to your dream. Let's remind the world of the worst thing that's ever happened to you. (laughs) Some of these guys have so many cool, especially when you're just getting out of college, because when you do go to college and when it's football, you have to go to college for at least three years. So you actually have time to like develop, 
interests and likes and talents and stuff yeah. like that. So a lot of the time you find out that these guys have like interests or they're good at something else. Oops, sorry about that. It's all good. Um, <laughs> you know, they're good at something else or, you know, they play an instrument. They've been, you know, they like, I think everyone when the last dance premiere was shocked that Michael Jordan was in a fraternity and it's like, you know, he, uh, you know, he went to college for three years and he was at North Carolina. <laughs> where, you know, they're big on Greek life. It's not that surprising that he was in a fraternity. But, you know, a lot of people don't highlight that sort of stuff when it comes to some of these athletes. So I, that's the, the crazy thing is like, I bet they have some really cool stories that I, as someone who's into that sort of stuff, would love to hear about some of these guys. But we just didn't get that. All right, let me put you in a in 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 a in a, in a crisis shoes, a publicist crisis shoes. Okay, okay. last night, CD Lamb goes viral. Right, <laughs> he goes viral for all the wrong reasons. He's he's, yeah. he's on the phone with one person, and then his his uh, significant other standing next to him reaches for the phone, grabs it, and every man in that world, every football player, every guy that saw that immediately immediately knew what was going on there or or, or I felt like they knew what was going on over there since then a lot of things have come out I think it was uh the girl saying the 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 cowboys were facetiming him and he wanted to be a good girlfriend and answer and then like the girlfriend's friend reached out and then like somehow Trey Young gets involved and it turns out to be like (laughs) Trey Young's ex like all (laughs) these things manage this crisis for me, Alexis. How do you clean this up? Well, I mean, it was funny because it was just like, for us Sooners, it was just like... (laughs) Wait, so you went to Oklahoma? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, so this is even better. This is all much better. So Yeah, I went with, like, the fun guys, like Aaron Colvin, Kenny Stills, uh, Tony Jefferson, all those guys were playing football. Buddy Heald was playing basketball when I was there. So, um... It's a very small community when you are an athlete in Norman. So one, it's not that uncommon that she was with, you know, one athlete and then another one. Um, but the <laughs> <laughs> am I am I going to get you in trouble answering any of these? That's what stinks about this draft is because the the home thing was so. It's just it just sucks if you're a publicist because you don't know what's going to happen. I remember watching like a late pick and uh, the second I saw uh, once they went to the home camera, I I literally was on the phone with one of my friends who uh is a an NFL publicist and I was like, you know, watch uh I was like I guarantee you my mom would say something about this and then like 2 minutes later she was like they got a brown couch and a black couch and I was like I knew it. <laughs> You know, and so like, so that element is honestly the 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 one reason that that incident with CD and his girlfriend happened, and it sucks for her because you know she now she has the internet telling her you know oh he he's probably cheating he didn't want you to see the trap phone like all this other stuff but like what I said this morning is like you know. The good, the good news is, is they they didn't make a big deal out of it themselves. If you don't pay things attention that aren't real, 
like you don't have the thing is about a publicist and stuff like that is there will be a lot of things that come out and a lot of things that people will say about you stuff will go viral stuff will get in the news you only have to address the stuff that i feel has a negative impact on other people if it doesn't this is about your guys's relationship if you don't pay it any attention if you let it go you'll be good and i think they did a good job of not like giving in to the internet and making it a bigger deal than it was. And then, you know, she woke up with, you know, 25,000 Instagram followers and she can start, you know, making some money if she wants. She can get get that fashion over bread now. (laughs) And and I can help her out. So, (laughs) Oh man. So they might've made made a career for her off of that. So it might, you never know. It might've, you know, it might've been intentional. Who knows? (laughs) I would hope not. I mean, like it, it got to a point where, uh, you know, I know Trey Young tweeted or, or or made a comment about it, and then I think like the girlfriend's friend said, "Oh, you out here looking thirsty? You still texting her because you fumbled the bag?" And then they're like, "How does Trey Young yeah, fumble I'm, the bag? Because he's I'm the Trae Young publicist." I'm just and you like if I'm Trey Young and his publicist, and you know that's your ex girlfriend. Do not comment on that. Like right. I'm like, yo, there's no way. I'm like, there's no way you didn't know who that was. You yeah, know. you know. It was together for like, and I hate turning this into like rumor gossip, but you know, this is you know, we're yeah. we're so sports stars. Like, this is what you're giving us now. Yeah, and uh, you know, I almost feel like this is another question I want to ask you. In today's world, where literally anything could be turned into a a 72 hour to a week long story because there is literally nothing going on. How do you handle those athletes that are bored to tears, have nothing to do, probably think they're just making innocent jokes online or whatever. And now we're all talking about you on a podcast over something that literally has nothing to do with this. Literally when March 11th or so, when everything got shut down and we realized, you know, there's going to be time at home and everything, every single one of the athletes and entertainers and influencers that I work with, I said, what do you need? What, like, what do you want? What's going to keep you comfortable at home, not doing anything that is going to get you in trouble. I don't care if you don't want to do anything. Like if you want to actually make this your time off and you don't want to, you know, work out or, you know, work, finish a project or reach out, do anything cool. Just tell me what you need so that you don't do anything that you will regret or that front and center news. Mm -hmm. So if it's something that you see online, that's funny, or you feel the need like to put it, copy it, put it in a group text, like send it to, you know, uh, literally just don't do, but that's because I know how this works. So I did that immediately. Like if you, and I, I mean, like I said, with coming from, you know, my family and, you know, having like John Lucas and all these people in my life, like I get that I've, I've known from a very, for a very long time that people are always going to be in your business. So I always know how to like negate that stuff and just keep it in house. So that's like the number one advice I give to any publicist, anyone who's managing an athlete or anything like that. I'm like, if anything, keep whatever they got going on in house, like, because there's, there's some, there's some things that you cannot go come back from. Right. So, especially right now, 
you know, it's always it. harder to put the genie back in the bottle because once that yeah. motherfucker's out, it's it's, it's, it's friend, like exactly the friend commented it, and you know, I don't know if he had, I don't really follow Trey like that, even though he is a sooner, so shout out to him, but. <laughs> You know, if he does have a girlfriend, now he's got to worry about his girlfriend wondering. (laughs) It's like, you know what? If you thought it was funny that that video, you should have copied and pasted it or, you know, DM'd it to your boy and just been like, ha, 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 ha. That's what group chats are for. Listen, every one of my friends that have blue checks or have money to lose by tweeting, this is what group chats are for. You take the link, you throw it in the group chat. Yeah, you have at it, and then that's it. There's nothing, nothing good can come from Twitter when you're part. It's the peanut gallery. Once you join the peanut gallery, there's nothing good that can come from that. Shoot, I begin, I begin opinionated myself about like certain topics and everything, and even my clients have to come back to me and be like, Alexis, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, good, so you understand. Like I taught you well. Like keep that in the group chat. So, Hell yeah. Yes. Hell yeah. So uh, I got a couple more questions, and then uh, I, know, I know it's very busy, so I'll get you out of here soon. Um, you mentioned, uh, you know, Sonny Vaccaro uh, and, and being in Las Vegas and kind of growing up and seeing how he kind of what is he's the, he's the godfather of the sneaker culture, right? Like anybody who doesn't know who Sonny Vac is when it comes to either youth hoops or sneakers or anything like that isn't really doing much. So put me on game. Put me on game. Tell me what Sonny Vac is like, what he does, how he handles business, and how he's been able to do this for so long. Uh, I just have to show you. Can I this picture of me and Sonny? Oh, that's a flex. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the legend. Anytime I look at him, I, I, I get like the Godfather music just like playing in the background. Exactly. Like, yeah. He's got that aura about him. So Gary Charles, who still runs all the tournaments who I work for directly, um, hit – you know, he's like him and Sonny are like this. They still work together on stuff. They started all that stuff. They did the Kobe and Adidas. And, you know, I think the video clip of why Kobe wore number eight came out this morning. It came out this morning and he was talking about it, about the numbers um, in the yeah, camp. He wore a 143 at ABCD yeah, camp. At ABCD camp, which is Gary and Sonny's camp. So um, it's, it's so funny. Sonny and Pam, his wife, are the best. They're the most kind hearted people. Um, I actually was like, Hey, me and uh, one of my clients, we need Sonny for an interview coming up. Uh, and last week he was like, just tell me when we got it. Like, um, and he's him and Pam are still working hard when they don't have to be, which is, is so awesome. But, um, yeah, he is just a brilliant basketball mind. He's a, a very, you know, good businessman. The ABCD camps, like what they were able to do with those were incredible. Um, we want to bring them back, um, you know, if and when we can get this, you know, sports back in general, and then we can work on, you know, the big time tournament coming back and then we'll, we'll uh, include ABCD. But it's just funny because like you spend time and you work with this legend and, some of these young kids who are playing in technically his tournament, even though he's not a part of it anymore, big time is his. Um, And they don't even have that connection of like, I'm like, I have to tell people last year, like when they were at big time, I was like, you know, 
like Derek Rose played in this tournament. Kobe Bryant played in this tournament. Kevin Love played in this tournament, you know? Yeah, yeah. Honey Vac is like the common thread that threads all of these like eras of basketball together from like the early five-star days to like the Adidas and Nike Wars, the ABCD camp, to Kobe, LeBron, Rose, all these guys. He's the center focus of, of, of grassroots hoops in not just Vegas, but literally the entire country. The entire country. Um, I think, you know, I had a lot of stuff to do at All-Star. I had a lot of clients I was working with. I was, you know, uh, with Liz Cambage rolling around and, we, you know, all these other things. And 1,000%, like, the most, when I was with Sonny, when we were taking that picture at the um, All-Star hosted hotel, so many people came up to us. Like we were, we had like a quick lunch and it was like just people, guys after guys, after guys just coming up, wanting to say hi, check in with him and everything. Like he really is the Godfather. And it's crazy that um, he, he just will lend a hand to anyone still to this day. Um, So it's cool. Like he is a great human. I love him and his wife, Pam. Pam is amazing. Like Pam, Sonny is the face of everything. And then Pam is anything to keep it organized. Like, (laughs) and then Gary, you know, Gary Charles, him being able to kind of keep everything that him and Sonny were working on alive for so long and, and come up with new ideas. Um, for, you know, big time is definitely different than it was back then. And um, he does hoop stuff. He does hoop camps and hoop clinics in, in, in New York where he's at. And he wants to bring ABCD back. Like that's definitely his goal. And uh, they just, they're just the best. Yeah. People, uh, I mean, people may, who may not know what ABCD camp is like ABCD camp was like the camp that like I grew up with. Like now yeah. there's like all these, you know, there's, there's the EYBLs. There's all these like big, huge tournaments. Back then, like, ABCD camp was the camp that, like, yo, if you go there and you kill, like, that's You're- the only thing that matters. You're golden. You know what I mean? That's the camp that LeBron blew up at, the camp that Kobe blew up at. Uh, gosh, anybody you could think of, like Sebastian Telfair, I mean, OJ yeah. Mayo, like, just all these high school phenoms. That's the place that happened. And if ABCD camp is coming back, that makes me – Extremely happy, even for just nostalgia purposes. I know. Fingers crossed. We're on it. <laughs> Definitely. Fingers crossed. Last couple of questions I want to ask before we get out of here. Um, right now, there is so many powerful women in sports. There's so many opportunities for women in sports now that there really hasn't been uh, in the past like decade. You know what I'm saying? Where whether it's you know the WNBA and a new collective bargaining agreement where they're getting more money and more comfort and you know just being treated like an actual professional uh, sport um, to even broadcasting. There's yeah. women all over ESPN and Fox Sports and Bleacher and, and everything. And you even just being in, in behind the scenes, being able to, you know, move and shake and work and, and, and create with so many different layers and so many athletes right now. Um, just you just being somebody who grew up in, in the sports realm and probably not seeing that many women in sports like that. And now you're one of those women that kind of make things happen and, and, and pushes the button and flips the switches to make things go. What's it like to kind of see that transition from where you grew up to where it is now? I love it. Um, 
I remember sometimes I tell people the story when I was playing tennis, um, the first when I tried my, uh, my brief, very brief stint at a pro career, um, the first like media thing I had to run through at this tournament. And it was Carrie champion email or she was interviewing Novak Djokovic mm. or Novak blew up. This, I, he maybe had like, you know, a couple slams, but it was before he had gone crazy. Um, and Carrie champion, like I tell a lot of people, I'm like Carrie champion used to work at the tennis channel. Yeah. Like that was one of her, like Dave, I don't know if it was one of her first, but like that's where I remember her from. I don't remember Carrie Champion from ESPN. And so to be a tennis player and seeing a female on the tennis channel and a black female at that in a sport where you don't see a lot, that was like amazing to me. And then years later, when I'm now working in this industry, to see her as one of the faces of ESPN was like, one of the most incredible things for me personally, as someone who's like been going through all of this. And so that's like one of the examples where I'm like, that's where I see, like, we really can do everything that we want to do from the tennis channel, which a lot of people don't even know that the, that tennis has a channel, you know, <laughs> to ESPN and then leaving ESPN, you know, like it's incredible that, that some of these females can get to where we thought was like the pillar of sports broadcasting. And now they can go beyond that. And, you know, Taylor Rooks, she produces her show and has her own show and, and, you know, there's so many others. Um, So I think that's why I'm really, really like, I have a website and I'm, doing this like women in sports collective so that I can help these girls out with newsletters and mentorships and, and references and, you know, job postings and everything like that, which I'm working on and, you know, <laughs> get done soon. I probably have all the time to do it in the world, so I should finish it up. But the reason I even started it, it wasn't um, for anything except I'm like, we need to take advantage of this time where people are seeing that we're talented, that we can do these things. I want girls to know that you don't just have to be a broadcaster. You know, I went to school for broadca- sports broadcasting and I'm terrified of public speaking. Like you won't <laughs> see any of that sort of stuff. So, you know, but then I knew that. And so I took a different approach to my career. You know, there's, there are girls who are killing it in social media for teams. There are girls who, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes is a uh, marketing uh, manager, or, you know, whatever is uh, Jacqueline, you know, she has her own company uh, that she created and now she has the Super Bowl MVP, you know, and she's, she, all his marketing deals, she did endorsements and marketing. She did, you know, and that's super uncommon. You can, if you do want to, you can go work at an agency. You have Nicole Lynn, who's killing it as a football agent, which was super uncommon. So the big thing is just getting the information out there to these females and giving them and sharing it. Like that is like the biggest thing. If anything, I tell all these girls who I know who I'm colleagues with who are high up and they don't even realize, like if you can't do anything at all, just share, just share the information that you have because it's going to get us to insane levels where we might have, a you know female GM of a professional sports team one day, and you know 
fingers crossed. I think we're going to have a, you know, an NBA head coach soon. That's a female. And, you know, people are watching the WNBA now. I know. It's like, yeah. Sorry. That, that's, that's hard as well. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Um, uh, you know, people are watching the WNBA now and stuff. So I feel like there's so many goals that still have to be achieved, but we're doing such a great job. And it's like, it's just awesome to see. And if, as long as we just celebrate and don't hate, it's, it's, you know, there's no telling where we could go. Well, Alexis, uh, a lot of people listen to this show, whether it's uh, athletes or writers or, you know, artists or anything like that. A lot of people listen to this show, this show, especially episodes like this, because they feel like what you what you do is attainable. You know what I'm saying? Like, not everybody could be in the NBA. Not everybody could be, you know, a rapper or artist or whatever. But they feel like you're something tangible and real and, and something that, you know, young women could strive to be and achieve to be. Um, so last thing before you get out of here, uh, if there's one piece of advice you'd want to give to those young women that you're striving to, uh, you know, help lead, up into the next generation, what would it be and why? My one piece of advice is develop thick skin. You're going to hear a lot of no's. You're going to get a lot of doubt. You're going to get a lot of people who form opinions about you. Um, you're going to lose a lot of people who you were loyal to and might have been loyal to you back, and things will just fade. But if you keep a thick skin and just brush things off and just stay focused on the work, you can go far. Alexis, thank you so much for being on Say Less with Kaz. I really appreciate it. I know it's it's a busy time for everybody, even though we're still home. We're all typing away and making sure we stay. (laughs) (laughs) You can follow Alexis on Twitter at underscore Alexis Marie 24. Alexis, thank you so much. And uh, we'll get you back soon once this uh, whole craziness is, is, uh, you know, not happening anymore, hopefully. Yes, thank you so much. I love the show, love everything you're doing, continued success, and yes, soon, soon. Soon, soon. Be safe and keep your hands clean. Wash them. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And that is Say Less. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Obviously, if you subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever, leave comments, rate it, five-star it, all those comments and subscriptions and everything mean a lot for rankings. And I love seeing my number or my show next to a low number. So please do all that type of stuff. And if you want to watch it in all its glory, uh, go to YouTube.com slash Kazim. Clearly, we're still doing the remote thing, but once all the coast is clear, we got studio set up, so we got all these really cool things coming uh, your way. So be proud to be one of the first few people to be on the wave. So um, thank you so much. Catch you tomorrow, and please say less. <laughs> <laughs>